Welcome to the Revolution Sports Podcast. This is your host, Tyler Wood. Thank you for joining us today on this Monday morning for the sports edition of the Revolution Sports Podcast. So thank you for being with us. Hope you enjoy the episode. Just going to talk about today for the most part, just football. There's, I mean, outside of that, there's basically just NBA going on right now. Maybe a little hockey. We don't talk about hockey too much here, but uh, for the most part, just talking about football. That's all we got for you today. Looking down the road, looking at Thursday when our next episode drops for the sports pod, at part of the podcast, we will have some more basketball talk. We'll talk over some of that, give you a review of what's been going on for roughly about a month, or not quite a month, but about, I'd say about three weeks into the season right now of the NBA, so we'll have some breakdown for you there, and here soon we'll be definitely be getting into some talk about college basketball as that comes up, so we'll definitely have some more stuff on that front coming, but for now it's just all about football. That's all that's been going on, and stuff's starting to heat up in college, and had a crazy, another crazy weekend in college football this week. We saw multiple teams go down and had a top three team even go down. So just a lot of surprises, though, all throughout different games. Games that we thought would be blowouts ended up being extremely close. So just a lot of different stuff going on there. And there's not much time left. We're basically going to be in week 11 this weekend. And we're going on the second week of the playoff rankings, which should be out tomorrow night so definitely be looking for those so we're I mean we're we're getting close to everything not far out we're roughly about a month out from the conference championship games and then after that we'll know who's in the playoff for sure so everything's getting extremely close but with that said though we do want to go over two games real quick from the NFL talk about what went on there and then we'll have a couple of games we'll talk about from college football and that'll be pretty much it not going to go too long today but that's what we want to go over but with that said jumping right into it first game we're going to look at going to look at this Buffalo and Jacksonville game where the final score was nine to six Jacksonville won not many times you see a a basically a field goal game throughout the whole entire sequence of a game so that was really really interesting to see was not no one was expecting that especially not expecting Jacksonville to win they were one and six before this game and then they walk out of this now two and six so that obviously it's a huge win for Jacksonville with being such a young team a team that's rebuilding it's another it's a big win for Urban Meyer getting his second win it's not just a a one win season but a two you see some improvement especially on the defensive side of the ball but at the same time though while it's improvement on the defensive side of the ball I think the biggest story that comes from this game though is not that Jacksonville played so well on defense but the fact that how bad the Buffalo Bills played on offense this is a team that has been known for scoring that has done a good job with scoring I mean just over the last couple of weeks we've seen 26 last week 34 the week or excuse me 31 the week before that 38 the week before that 40 the week before that 43 the week before that 35 before that so basically every week except for the first week and then last week they've scored in the 30s or 40s, and then now they go all the way to just six points this week. So that's a huge drop-off, one that was totally just not expected whatsoever, but it simply comes down to turnovers and penalties. I mean, just looking at turnover, turnover-wise, they had two interceptions in this one. They had a they had a fumble lost in this, and penalties. They had 12 penalties for 118 yards, and just any football team, it doesn't matter how good you are. It doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter how, many, how great of players you got. If you have those type of bad statistics where you have three turnovers you have plenty of penalties you're not winning a football game it doesn't matter who you play so for Buffalo I think this is a huge wake-up call do I think this type of game will happen again no it's good that it happens earlier in the season I say earlier in the season we're basically at this point we're 
hitting the halfway point, but it's better to do it in the first half than the second half. But this is just a wake-up call for Buffalo because, I mean, this is just not how they play. This is not what they do. And a lot of it just hinged on their play from Josh Allen. He just had two turnovers. I mean, he had he had all three turnovers. Excuse me. He had the two interceptions and then the fumble. And when your quarterback is doing that to you and giving the other team good field position and giving them opportunities to score quick with good field position, it's just not a good – it's not going to work out in your favor roughly about 90% of the time. But just to see a team that's been so good on offense and just been so good overall, even defensively, we've seen how good they've they've been. And they weren't bad in this defensively. Only gave up nine points all off of field goals. So it's not like they were terrible on that side of the ball. But penalties just killed them. A team that has is a veteran team that knows what they're doing, that is a contender, goes in there and has 12 penalties for 118 yards. And that is just absolutely terrible cannot happen I mean I don't know if it's just a a week where no one was mentally locked in or what but when you're competing for a Super Bowl that type of stuff cannot happen and if it does happen you're obviously going to get beat so like I said it is good that this happened earlier on during the year they can take care of it they can fix it they can move on from there but it's just not something that you definitely want to see so Next week, they'll square off against the Jets, so that'll be the perfect opportunity for them to be able to turn things around. That game's going to be at 1 o'clock on CBS, so that's going to be a good good game for them, hopefully, to be able to get back on track. And if you're Jacksonville, though, this is a, I mean, a good win for you. Obviously, you held a team of that high-powered of an offense to just six points. You obviously frustrated them into some of those penalties, so that was good for them. Just nothing really stands out, out I mean, offensively for them. They're still continue, continuing to piece stuff together with quarterback quarterback Trevor Lawrence in his first year. They're trying to still figure stuff out on that side of the ball, but they'll, they're getting better. They're improving. Their defense obviously did a great job in this matchup, though, so that's a big win there in Jacksonville, and they're obviously looking to to add on to that here soon but moving on from there we're going to be looking at the Tennessee Titans game versus the Los Angeles Rams this game ended with Tennessee winning 28 to 16 and this is a great win if you're Tennessee especially with just losing Derrick Henry not that long ago and then just some of the different stuff that's been going on to see them go and take care of business against a well at the Rams but also a, a really good football team and you see them go in and take care of business. And it all came down for them to their defense. Their defense was absolutely phenomenal. They forced turnovers from, from Matthew Stafford, who at one point threw back-to-back turnovers. So you're sitting there looking at looking at that as very uncharacteristic from a veteran quarterback who has obviously been great in that department and not turning the ball over. He had just four interceptions going into this game, so he'll obviously walk out with six. But just very uncharacteristic. This has been a Los Angeles team that's been good, at, been very well good at scoring. They've done a good job on offense, and they only had one loss coming into this. Now they got two, but. I mean, you can just go down the list and see how well they played on offense. Just last week, 38 points. The week before that, 28. The week before that, 38. 26 the week before that. So they just go through. And, I mean, they just won multiple games. They've done a really, really good job this year. But then you come in here and just, I mean, just teams not being prepared to play, not doing stuff like they're supposed to, very uncharacteristic this week, and get smacked in the mouth against a Tennessee team that really needed a pick-me-up win. And their defense did the whole pick-me-up for them because they just went in there and absolutely dominated, forced a pick-six. Um, there was, I mean, basically just two back-to-back throws from Matthew Stafford picked off. The second one went for six. So just a huge win for Tennessee. And you're, the thing is, in this, we were looking to see what their offense was going to do moving on from Derrick Henry. We know they signed Adrian Peterson right after to help fill that slot. But you didn't really get much in the run department. I mean, you had three guys that had 20-plus yards 
no one got over 30. So that's not something you want to see. You didn't really see much from their quarterback position either. I mean, he he threw the ball 27 times, but he was only able to get 143 yards, one touchdown, one interception from Ryan Tannehill. But just not much from their offense. So that was great for their defense to be able to help them out when it came to being able to put points on the board. So I mean, you take that away, it's 21-16. You got, got a one-possession game, and it's real close. So their defense did what they were supposed to do. But just it's going to be interesting to see how their offense does if they're going to be a contender later on in the year because it just feels like Tennessee was improving, was getting better each and every week, and then all of a sudden have that devastating injury hit, and then all of a sudden it, you're wondering if you're still in the, the mix of things. So this is a huge win for their defense to come out and say, hey, we're still relevant, we can still win, and we're going to be a huge part of that. So that was definitely good for Tennessee, but I'm just interested to see when they get into a matchup where their defense is going to give up some points if Tennessee is going to be able to hang with them. And I don't know if they're going to be able to. So I felt like they were a definite contender with Derrick Henry. Now without him, I think it's going to be definitely it's definitely going to be tough. And Ryan Tannehill is definitely going to have to pick it up. And we're also going to have they're also going to have to find a running back that's going to be able to help them consistently because 69 rushing yards. I mean, obviously you're playing a good defensive front in Los Angeles, but 69 rushing yards isn't going to cut it against anyone. And then when you only factor in a total of 125 passing yards in this game it's just it's just not a good combination to win against teams that are going to be able to score because at some point teams are going to score on you at some point your defense is not going to be able to get you back-to-back interceptions and you're not going to play a quarterback that's going to make those mental mistakes you're not going to have that type of stuff so it's going to be something to watch and see if they're going to be able to pick it up on offense because they're going to have to score 20 30 maybe even 40 at some point and if they can't they're obviously not going to be able to contend for a Super Bowl this year do they have the pieces there yeah they still got a good passing attack I mean they still got AJ Brown they still got Julio Jones Brian Tannehill's a I mean a decent quarterback they got pieces there it's just a matter of can they make the right adjustments can they change up their plan just a little bit to be able to maximize that potential from those spots to be able to give them more offense that they're going to need down the road without that huge rushing attack from Derrick Henry. So something definitely to watch. So got some good matchups coming up next week in the NFL. Obviously, we will have more for you on that when we get there next week. But stuff's starting to heat up there. We're basically at the half point way of the season. Lots going on, so definitely we'll keep you up with that. Keep you up to date with that stuff as more comes out. But moving on from there, we had three games that we were going to talk about that was our three biggest games of the week when it came down to it in our college football preview and predictions from this past weekend. And so first one up, we got Mississippi State and Arkansas. At this point, it was number 17, Mississippi State. And a lot of people had just hyped up Mississippi State right before this game. You saw the the playoff committee had go had went and put Mississippi State with three losses up there at number 17 just because they had beaten some – somewhat okay teams that obviously we've seen that those wins haven't exactly panned out other than the early Texas A&M win that which obviously Texas A&M is not even the same team at this point from that from that team that they played so going from there a lot of teams a lot of people thought Mississippi State was going to be able to win this obviously I mean there is some good stuff coming from Mississippi State we've seen their passing attack with Will Rogers obviously Mike Leach with his air raid offense has been phenomenal wherever he's been at for that with that offense and Will Rogers is playing at an absolute unreal level. I mean, just last week he was 36 to 39. This week he was 36 to 48. Both with over 400 yards passing offense. It's it's just absolutely insane what he's able to do. And somehow Arkansas was able to find a way to pull this one out, 31 to 28. 
And we know how it happened. It was just, it's the same mentality that Arkansas has played with all year under Sam Pittman. He has got his guys to buy into him and his program and what he wants there at the school. And since they've bought in, they will continue to fight each and every down, each and every play, every second of the game. And that's what ended up winning this game for him. They were able to score with roughly about 20-something seconds left. And the crazy part was, even though they scored with 20-something seconds left, you you would think the game was over. Nope. You see the air raid offense there in Mississippi State getting them all the way down to be able to kick a roughly about a 40-yard field goal or so. May, may, may have been within the 30s. But just, I mean, I, right down the middle, they're sitting right there, right in the middle of the field, able to kick it with about two seconds left, got down the field, kicker goes to kick, and for the third t- third missed field goal of the game, the backup kicker misses because the starter had already missed two. And after that, Mike Leach went crazy, called for opening open kick tryouts at uh, Mississippi State's next practice. So that's going to be interesting to see if they end up picking up a new kicker because obviously he was not happy. It cost them a game. I mean, that's your job as a kicker to be able to kick kick the ball, put it through the uprights. They weren't able to do it. So, I mean, it's understandable as a coach to be frustrated about that when you got a chance to be able to – if they win this game, they're probably in the top 15 when the next playoff rankings come out. So that's obviously frustrating, but – for Arkansas, like I, like I said in my college football preview and predictions episode, this is completely a huge win for Arkansas. This advances their program to 6-3. and three. They're bowl eligible now for the first time in five years. Just seeing the improvement that they've made just from last year to this year has been huge. I mean, at one point this year, they were ranked 8-4. and four. They were 4-0 and oh at one point. Obviously, they've lost some games since then. They've played some good teams, though, but... Just to see them continue to fight, continue to improve. They're they're going to be a good football team under Sam Pittman. So this was a huge win for them. They're going to continue to improve. But that rushing attack has been great. And K.J. Jefferson was pretty good in a passing passing attack this week with 19-23 for 191 yards. Just wasn't huge explosive plays that they really need that they've they've were actually getting in the first part of the season. And I don't know if that's because teams weren't prepared for their offense at the beginning part of the year, but they got to find a little more of that. But they got some big games coming up, especially next week with LSU, and then the week after that they have Alabama. So they have a potential to make some noise because that Alabama game is not going to be a – I mean, it's – now, if you're Arkansas, definitely looks winnable after the type of week that Alabama had. And it should have looked winnable even before this because Alabama has struggled over the last – I mean, last couple of weeks, three weeks ago, they they lost to A&M. And then here just last night, they almost lost to – I mean, two nights ago, excuse me, they lost to LSU. So uh, this is definitely a winnable game for Arkansas. I'm sure they would love to win it, walk out with a win against the number two team in the country. So going to be interesting to see a big, big-time matchup coming up in two weeks for them. But moving on from there, this is the game that I told everybody, if everybody paid attention to not only my preview predictions article, but preview and predictions episode, I talked about this. This was a game that Mississippi State could walk – not Mississippi State, Michigan State could walk into and end up losing. And sure enough, they found a way to go in there and blow the game against Purdue. I would, and I say find some way to blow the game. They didn't really find a way. It, I mean, Purdue just played an absolute great game of football against Michigan State, and their quarterback was absolutely phenomenal. Aiden O'Connell, he's over here with 40 of 54 for 536 yards and three touchdowns. They didn't have much out of their running game, but. That's absolutely insane. Then you have the wide receiver, Bell, who had 11 receptions for 217 yards. This is supposed to be a Michigan State defense that was supposed to have a decent defense. They, I mean, obviously it's not like one of the best ones in that country, but still a middle-of-the-pack decent defense that got absolutely shredded 
on the road in this matchup. So it's just not a good look, especially coming from Mel Tucker, who's obviously is a defensive defensive quarter former defensive coordinator when he was at Georgia. He has that that on his resume, and then you see them go in there and give up that type of that type of offense to a different team on the road. Just definitely not a good look. That's a total of 594, almost 600 yards, the total offense for Purdue. Michigan State, they didn't play terrible on offense, but when your defense gives up that much, it's especially on the road, like I always say, defense travels better. Defense decided not to even get on the plane for this one, and the offense – Trying to, I mean, trying to play catch up the best they can. I mean, it just didn't work out. So, I mean, their offense didn't play terrible. You had 20 or 30 from Peyton Thorne, 276 yards, two touchdowns. Then you have Heisman potential running back Kenneth Walker with 23 carries for 146 yards. So, it's not, I mean, it's not like their offense played terrible, but when you're on the road, your offense potentially is not potentially, usually is not as explosive, does not get some of the plays going in their favor that they normally would if they were at home, and that was the case in this one. But when your defense gives up 40 points, 600 yards of offense, you're not winning many football games. And if you're the number three team in the country, you got to give a better showing than that. So I marked this down as definitely an upset alert for this game, and obviously I still pick Michigan State, but obviously Purdue came out. And this is the second top five team they beat. They beat Iowa when they were number number two, and they were at Purdue and at Michigan State now. And then next week, Purdue has to go and play Ohio State. So they're going to Ohio State, though. So that's if you're Ohio State, you're definitely happy about that, not having to travel to Purdue because it just seemed like that's the place of upsets this year. So it's going to be interesting to see, though, if Purdue can go and knock off Ohio State. If it does, that causes absolute chaos there in the Big Ten once again. Right now, Ohio State's sitting pretty good at the top of the Big Ten now with this loss for Michigan State. So Michigan State's the, Michigan State, though, I mean, they still have everything they want in front of them. If they can win out, they got Maryland next week. If they can beat Maryland and then they got Ohio State the, the following week, they beat Ohio State, they beat Penn State the last week. You're you're still in, getting into the Big Ten title game. You'll play for – if you win that, you'll play in the college football playoff. Everything is still there. It just makes it harder to see now with the way that they're off, their defense played. And with the way their defense played, it's just – it's going to be interesting to see if they can get it back on track and be able to play better because – Maryland's got a decent offense. We know Ohio State's got a good offense. They've seemed to struggle here the last two weeks, but I think by then they'll be back on track, and especially with Ohio State being at home. If you're Michigan State, you have to be ready for that for that game. And obviously Penn State, the last game of the year, they Penn State's offense is kind of just up and down. But the defense has got to be better through the stretch run. You're gonna play If you're going to play in a Big Ten title game after you beat Ohio State and win out, you have to be prepared. Your defense has to be better. And even if you do get to that point, somehow, even with the defense not playing better, you're going to get absolutely bulldozed if you get into the playoff playing some of the offenses that they're going to play when they get to that point. So definitely not a good look for Michigan State this week, but they they obviously have plenty of games left to be able to recover. And this is, this is one of those things I, I've kept saying over the last couple of weeks is that it definitely becomes hard to get into the playoff after you lose a game once you're – Probably within the last eight, you're in your eighth to twelfth game, right in between there, the last four games of your season, and it does because that's when the playoff rankings start coming out. If you're high and then you drop, you have to 
find a way to get all the way back up. So it's definitely hard to do that. But Michigan State is one of those teams that can do it just for the simple fact of who is left on their schedule. It's very rare that that happens, but because they play such a heavy schedule later in the year, they still have that potential shot there. So everything that Michigan State wants is there. They just have to go and take it. They have to be better. So moving on from there, looking at the next game up, last game that we're going to talk about is the Texas A&M and Auburn game. And I don't know if this was the type of matchup or type of game that we thought would play out, I guess you could say, because I thought there would definitely be more scoring than this. Auburn's offense had played so much better over the last couple of weeks. Texas A&M's offense had played better over the last couple of weeks. And it just ended up being a defensive showdown. We saw both teams have great defensive play throughout the game. But what ended up costing Auburn in the end and why they lost 20-3, to yeah, no, no touchdowns for Auburn, just ended up being some turnovers that they had. They had that interception from – from uh or not interception well they had one interception from Bo Nix and then they had a fumble later on during the game so just turnovers from Auburn that ended up ultimately killing them and when you got you're getting a defensive battle like that and then you turn the ball over on your side of the field you give a team like that good field position they're able to capitalize on it and that's how you end up losing those types of games because I mean this is a this is a three possession game but you get two of those you're in a one possession game if you keep two of those so uh, if you keep both those turnovers, and you're right there with the chance. But obviously, this is the type of game that I was worried about with Bo Nix. And it just seems like any time I think that he's going to have a good game, he has a bad one. Anytime I think he's going to have a bad game, he has a good one. So I don't know if I just need to stop talking about him or what, because that just seems like how it's been. But in this one, it just seemed like a typical Bo Nix game. And I, you can't put all the blame on him because the rushing game wasn't that great, and that was because... Texas A&M defensive line was playing phenomenal. They were able to get pressure in the backfield. They lived in the backfield for the most part. But we saw it once again where Bo Nix, he gets pressured, and he tries to run 20, 30 yards behind the, you know, outside of the pocket, backwards, ends up throwing some crazy pass, gets basically gets bailed out in some situations. It was just that type of game once again. And I understand the offensive line has struggled this year for a good portion, and he has to do some of that. But some of it is just throw the ball away. like Just make better decisions, and they would be in a lot better position than what they are sometimes. But this just basically cost, because of that type of stuff, not being able to get rushing yards, not being able to block for the quarterback, and him obviously having to force the situation sometimes. I mean, Auburn has lost control of their own destiny at this point. If they would have won out, they would have been in the SEC championship. They would have been able to play Georgia in the SEC championship. They beat Georgia. They would have been in the playoff. Now, with three losses, you have no shot at the playoff. You have a slim, slim to none chance of making the SEC championship now at this point. And now that Basically, that run in the West is going to, that race is going to come down to Texas A&M and Alabama at this point. And Texas A&M has the advantage over Alabama with the win that they had 41 38 just three weeks ago. So, for A&M, though, this is the problem. You had that earlier loss, you had those two earlier losses to uh, Arkansas and Mississippi State. And so, you have two losses still in the SEC West. So, they do not control their own destiny at this point. They need Alabama to slip up and lose later on down the road. And that is completely possible because if Alabama plays anything like they did last night or two nights ago against LSU, they will lose to either Arkansas or Auburn. And I know we're looking at Auburn. They only scored three points. I get that. But Auburn is going to be at home for that matchup. It's going to be a rivalry game. They will be fired up. They will be ready to play. And, and that's just 
I mean, that's usually what happens in that series. We see Auburn step up when it gets to that type of that type of matchup. So if you're A&M, you're rooting for every team that's going to play Alabama and the SEC at this point from here on out. So Arkansas and Auburn are who Alabama has to play to be able to cl- to be able to clinch for the SEC West and go and play in the title game. So it's it's not a it's not a easy route for Alabama to do either. I just like I said that matchup against LSU just made them not look like the number two team in the country. That's why I didn't move them up any. They actually fell in my rankings. They fell from three to four. Just do not feel comfortable with them in the top three with the way they played. It was a terrible performance. It was one of the worst performances I've seen from Alabama in a long time. So if you're A&M, you feel like you're in a very good spot now. Sitting here, you've won your tough games. You can just basically – well, you, I say you win your tough games. you got Ole Miss next week. That's one that they have to win. But it seems to me with the way Ole Miss's offense hasn't been as explosive and A&M's defense is playing well, I would not be surprised whatsoever to see them go to Oxford and be able to – to be able to shut down Ole Miss and be able to come out of there with the win. So, other than that, though, the only game that they have up after that is LSU. I fully expect them to take care of business against LSU with the way their defense is playing. So, you got one big matchup. You win it. You feel good about your chances because you can kind of feel like Alabama is going to slip up at some point to one of those two teams. If not, obviously, that's a lesson why you have to win your earlier games earlier in the season, and you can't just rely on other teams to lose games. So, yeah, I mean, if you're A&M, you're happy in the spot you are somewhat, but you may not be happy later on if Alabama wins out. But other than that, we will have a reaction. Also, we'll have NBA news Thursday when we get to that, but also at the same time we'll have a reaction to the next playoff rankings when they come out, and we'll talk a little bit more about big picture stuff there. So expect all of that Thursday. But tomorrow we will have our politics episode, so be looking for that. That will come out at 8 o'clock like all our podcast episodes do. But with that said, though, I appreciate you joining us today, listening to us talk about all the sports action from the weekend. If you like this, please make sure you subscribe to our podcast. Make sure you share so other people can hear what we're all about here at Revolution Sports and what we like to talk about. So thank you for joining us today, and we'll see you in the next one.